0: Welcome Welcome to the Real Estate Rockstar Partnership Podcast. We are helping real estate agents and investors scale their business faster, build multiple streams of income, and create more financial freedom. Rockstars are performers that earn more, have fun, live free, and give back. Visit us online at rockstarpartnership.com.
1: All right, how's everybody doing out there? Welcome to another episode of Rockstar Partnership Live. I am fired up, Phil Barneo, and I'm with my beautiful wife.
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm Heather.
1: And our mission is to help realtors and real estate investors scale their business and build freedom. Our Rockstar motto is always earn more, have fun, live free, and give back. Um, and I love all the, uh, all the aspects of all of those things, right? We try to implore that into our lives every single day. We have a special guest on today that I'm excited about, Um, my friend uh, Rob Bowen, and Rob is an insurance broker, right, Rob? How are you?
3: I am good, Phil. Good to see you, and and Heather, good to see you, too. So,
1: Rob, I made a bold promise today (laughs) that we were going to make insurance sexy. Okay,
3: we can can do that. I'll give it a shot. Okay.
1: And Rob, so your company is Patriotic Insurance, right?
3: Yes, correct. Yes,
1: And you served our country. I just want to let uh, everybody know that you are a veteran. Is that correct? That is correct. I served in the Navy for eight years. Awesome, Rob. Thank you so much for your service. We uh, we love uh, our patriotism. We love our country. And so we thank you for that. Um, so getting into the insurance business, let's talk. How can we help real realtors and real estate investors? Use insurance to scale their business and help them. Um, let's let's talk. So one of the things that we had uh, started talking about was uh, having. If you're a real estate agent, especially, we want to build a team, right? When we operate, we're always trying to um, work with people that can help us, you know, get deals done efficiently. Um, and so, obviously, one of those pieces of the puzzle is an insurance broker, a good insurance broker who understands insurance and can help us, you know, as far as our team, it's like part of our toolbox as realtors, being able to recommend the right people to our clients. So some of those people would be attorneys, right? And um, obviously, insurance agents go right along in that toolbox as well. And so on that note, um, I know that uh, we were also talking about just making sure that when we're doing this, like the best agents treat their business like a business, right? Mm-hmm. And they build a team so that their clients can have a seamless process throughout the transaction. We have to facilitate to facilitate the transaction, but we want to be able to help them throughout the process. So yeah,
2: and when Phil to- says build a team, what he means is a good network of referrals, basically, like you know, like you touched yeah. on attorneys. Um, and so those are the people that we don't mean building a team of agents. We mean building a team that we can outsource, you know, to our clients to help serve them better, like Correct. home inspectors, attorneys, insurance agents, and things like that.
1: Absolutely. Yes, Do you have so anything think you want to add to that, Rob, in your experience, like what you've seen?
3: Yeah, I, I, I think built as a realtor, my view is the realtor is kind of the leader of the gang, right? They're, they're the leader of the crew because you've built the relationship, um, you've been with that client for like it could be 3 months it could be a year and now all of a sudden there's four strangers talking to this client there's the appraisal guy there's the inspection guy there's the lender there's the real there's the insurance agent and i think that gets overwhelming and i think things get dropped um i've been around this industry for a while and i've seen very good realtors and i've also seen I'll call them new realtors that really haven't figured that out
1: okay that's important. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that you said that because you're you're seeing it from a perspective of you know the outside as an agent who's working with a lot of different realtors. So to make that judgment, you know, uh, I think should serve the the people watching very well to understand that that it is such an important part of you know the process of facilitating a deal is yeah. to be able to do that. So thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. a good point too. Like as the as the realtor, you're the constant. From start to finish, you are the constant all throughout the process. Um, Other people are going to come into the picture and then leave, like home inspector. Other people are going to be around a little bit longer, such as the attorney. But that's good to point out, too. You should be that uh, support system for the buyer.
3: Absolutely. And and, and I think it's important, too, that as like everything in life, as you work with the same people over and over again, you get to know them. You know their nuances. You know what the, you know, I know a couple of attorneys. I know exactly what they want. I know, yeah. the, I know the lender. So instead of the poor client getting in between me and a lender because I need some information, I just ask him for the lender's name. You yeah. know, it, I- it, it's just there's a lot of times where the client needs to be aware of what's going on. And that's transparency is important. But to put the client in the middle of two people trying to communicate just gets very, very difficult. And it frustrates the client because buying a home. Is the largest purchase anyone ever does? Yeah, um, yeah
1: right? absolutely. And it's overwhelming. I mean, yeah, and when and to make it more seamless by you know having that team and being able to work you know congruently together and knowing what they want, like you said, just just makes it that much more efficient. Makes you look like and stand out as a real professional. If you're an agent and you don't have a team assembled of professionals, like we're mentioning. Um, you you definitely want to do that. That's like one of the first things you should, you know, be working on because that's that's what makes you be able to facilitate the transaction so smoothly. And without yeah. yep. that, you, you can't.
3: Yeah. And and the other side too, I, I always say is we all have different roles. So if we all stay in our lanes, but again, you have to trust that attorney. You have to trust so as yeah, you work a little more. Now you have resources, educational resource. Hey, my client had a question about insurance. Well, you can probably answer it, but okay, I have someone that will answer the question for you and spend a half an hour with you walking you through it well prior to you even buying anything, and that way the client feels comfortable because the client needs to be in control, or at least the illusion of being in control. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and you know, otherwise, instead of just being told, because as you all know, at the closing table, it's just like, sign a check, you pay this person, you pay that person, and everything's going on. And I think that overwhelms a lot, a lot of people. Honestly, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I left a closing last week and um, just as we were leaving the parking lot, the buyer said to me, I'm still in shock. I haven't even processed this yet.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've I've bought in, I mean, six or seven homes during my life and every time I'm still in shock. Yeah. So it, it doesn't get better, but <laughs> with a good team, with a good realtor that kind of facilitates that process and explains to the client what's going to happen. I mean, Hey, you're, you. Hey, you put a contract in. Awesome. Now here's here's all the here's all the flows that are going to happen, right. and here are the people you need to talk to. And obviously, there are rules. You know, New York State has rules. Just to, you know, they you give them options, and I think that's important. Yeah, um, but they are people you trust.
1: And let's not leave out obviously the investor. Um, you know, people who are flipping houses or or burning houses or whatever. It's the same thing. I mean, you're assembling a team to be able to get deals done. And to be able to make your life, uh, you know, more profitable, basically. Oh, and, and um, day, yeah. As an investor, we need the same team for different purposes. You know, obviously, we're not serving clients as investors. We're looking for deals, trying to get deals done, and then trusting the people that are on our team to help us get, you know, those deals done and to have them become profitable
3: deals. Yep. So. Oh yeah, and, and, and you know, like I work with some some flippers now, and, and this didn't happen day one. They got. They had to trust me. It took a couple of years. I now have flippers that will send me an address and say, "Go hard." Money is this person, or we're we're doing cash. You'll just. They know what I need, and I just need a quick text or an email, and they get a quote back in a half an hour. I know who the lender is. I know what I. You know, I probably know their credit card numbers. I'll get it from them. Hey, mm-hmm. which one are we using today? The last four or one zero zero four. And we can get this done. But that took time. Right. That took trust. That took time. Yeah. yeah. Same I, thing thought, with working I trusted really. you pretty quick, Ralph. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Well, And that's important um, that that, yeah. that you have to you have to have that trust. But that's like you said, that's the team. So instead of me having to go to my client, I already know the hard money guy or I know the bank. I just go right, right to the bank. I tell right. them what I'm doing, but I just go right to the bank and say, hey, listen what's the loan, what, what's the loan number, what's this, what's your clause? And, and It's done. so much easier that way
1: because yeah. I don't want to have to do it. Just get rid of the middle person and, and okay. allow right, you to just get the information you need, um, get the right information for a binder or whatever, and then it's just you're good to go. Um, so what, what, how can we make, let's talk about insurance now, right? Like, let's, okay. let's see what we can do here to help some agents and investors understand insurance better. Um, and so that they can be, you know, I think at the end of the day, whether you're whether you're a realtor or an investor, education and being is, is about, you know, power, being professional. If you're not smart, if you're not constantly educating yourself, then you're not, you know, really a professional. And at, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And you should be educating yourself if uh, if you are a real estate agent. Um, you should understand how mortgages work. You should understand how insurance works to a, to a large degree, right? You should understand, you know, to how how attorneys work and, and all of these things that um, really contribute to your professionalism and your competence as an agent to really help other people and facilitate the deal properly. So let's talk and give some uh, agents and investors some insurance education in the most sexy manner possible.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I will try. Um, I, I think so I, I, I think the biggest thing is when 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 you would you would propose doing this, uh, the best way for me is the whether it's a real estate investor whether it's a, a home buyer whatever, we see it so many times where someone will call off and say hey I'm buying a home. Well, my view of the world is the average agent's going to think okay they're buying a home they're a home buyer they're going to live there all this other stuff. I think as a realtor or as an investor or as a home buyer you need to under you need to be a little more detailed what is that home are you moving there is this a secondary home is this a seasonal home are you bringing phil in to do renovations you know is is right. phil adding a second story to this place those things are important because most people are shopping for price as opposed to getting the right policy so we've learned to ask a lot more questions and verify that but i think as a realtor if you're working with real estate investors it's just to say Hey, listen, you're you're gonna need a you know a policy that's gonna cover you for the renovations you're gonna do for six months, or mm. it's gonna be vacant, or it's secondary, or it's so there's I call it the life cycle. That's a big building. one, the, the vacancy, right?
1: Especially for investors. Um, you know, we've we've had issues with um other people who you know didn't uh didn't disclose that it was a vacant property and then the insurance company is fighting you, you know, to not oh, pay it because tooth too and nail to be there. It's different, right? So let's talk about it. I'm gonna just run through, I guess, a couple different types of insurance that, you know, agents uh, or investors should be kind of aware of. We can kind of touch on those and you can give us your, you know, your thoughts and stuff. So like obviously people first and foremost probably think about homeowner's insurance, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so we can, we can start with that, but there's some other ones like flood insurance. That's very important when it comes to, you know, real estate industry and helping uh, clients. Um, then we can talk about different things as far as like, you know, uh, maybe bundling them or an umbrella or something like that to help. And then for, um, you know, for investors, we're talking about landlord policies uh, and then we're talking about insurance for flips and stuff. Which would cover vacant, you know, properties and and whatnot. So let's start with homeowners insurance. Tell us a little bit about um, you know, what people should understand the the important factors and what property coverage and and what's in you know in the
3: policy. the The biggest thing is I and I I I actually say this to people. I'm like they're like it's you know I need a I need a policy. Is your toothbrush going to be there? I mean, it's something as simple as that because that means it's a homeowner. You could only have one homeowner policy okay as a person right you can only live now there's an argument about snowbirds and which one's your primary well, we can figure that out but you can't have two homeowners policies for the same person you can only live one place one primary residence one primary residence so that's your first thing and homeowners is the least expensive right because you live there you're taking care of your home so that's where a lot of people go with the pricing people have to look at the homeowner the mortgage company only needs me to have a value that protects their mortgage. That's their responsibility. Nothing that's against all they the mortgage. care about because that's their liability, yeah. but that's not the liability of the homeowner. They have more to lose. It, yeah. They have a lot more to lose. So,
1: so in their home that they hopefully have.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hope, hopefully and and the, the way I do it to people is I say, listen, we start the conversation at $150 a square foot. And Phil, you could argue with me all day, Rob. I could do it for us. I could, and yeah, but that gives someone that a to market. Know. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But then at, least it, at least it gives them a, I try to, I need to give them context, right? I say your 3,000 square foot home is $450,000. They're like, what does that mean? I'm like, it's $150 a square foot if that burns to the ground and we have to rebuild. Mm-hmm. So I have to assure at that yeah. level. So, the, so
1: they the, should understand uh, the replacement value is what we're talking about. Exactly. Here. Yep. So, the, so the mortgage company is going to want to have their liability, which is the m- amount of money that they're lending in the form of a mortgage. They want that covered, but they don't care about the necessarily the, right, the rest of the things that the actual homeowner needs to consider, which would be any equity contents,
3: replacement value rate right, of, of yep. the home. Yeah. So so what we do and then and then that that building coverage, everything else, all the other coverages I'm going to go through here is a percentage of that. So by definition, if you if you mess up the first number, all the other numbers are wrong. So mm-hmm. you've got personal property, which is everything that's not attached to the house. Okay, You've got loss of use, and this is a homeowner's policy. Are we'll your kids about considered this. personal property? I, I don't know. I, I'm not going <laughs> to go down that rabbit hole, but thank you. Actually, kids are a huge liability. I have four of them, so I'll just throw that out there. Um, you've got loss of use. That's an important number. So, if you have a claim in your home and can't live there, and let's say it's a total loss, you probably need a place to live for nine to twelve months. right um, you need to understand that number. The big number out there, which no one really focuses on because no one's ever talked about, it, is liability. You buy a house, you are now responsible for that property, and we live in a very litigious society, um, and people get hurt, and people sue. I am a believer in the way you're going to go bankrupt is not by having less of replacement costs. It's getting sued. People still sell policies at $100,000 of liability. Attorneys are $500 an hour. That math goes pretty quickly. So I I tell clients I want at least half a million, if not a million, in the home. And I also want an umbrella. Because liability is, I, I people will probably strike me down on this one, but it's like, it's like gambling. It increases at a decrease rate. What are the odds? I spend two million dollars to fight a lawsuit at your house because someone got hurt. Right. right. That's someone died, someone's disabled if we're at that level. It's so it doesn't happen. But if you have a hundred thousand and we spend that, we stop and your assets, your home, you're done.
1: Yeah. You and know? It, It's hard too because insurance is a tough sell to a lot of people because yeah. you don't when you need it, then it's you know, then it's important. But it's not important because most people don't really think that they're going to have to need something like that. But then when it happens, it's like, uh-oh, you know, if you're not covered properly, that's when it, it hits you. It's like, you know, you so you don't you don't value your health sometimes until it's done. Right? You don't yeah, you, you don't, don't care exactly. about insurance until you need it.
3: <laughs> well, I I tell people all the time I'm an expense item, but when you need me, and the other thing too, with I see this with new home buyers. Because I'll see their their quote. I'll see their policies a couple of years after the fact. Once you do that, you've never bought a home in your life. You have no idea. You know, you kind of go through this process. You have this policy, and you just keep it for a couple of years. And you know, yeah. we have in, we have inflation. We have, but if it's not written properly to begin with, three years down the road, it's really not written properly. And yeah. the only way you're finding out, is like we don't we don't play the price game. You know, show me what you got. If you've got good coverage, awesome. Stay. But you gotta
1: you start at uh what proper coverage should be. And then and that, you're, and that's all I write. Work, and then you'll yeah. work with them backwards a little bit yeah. to uh you know to to be to help reduce the cost, but not do it to a point where it's going to, you know, n- not serve them properly if they need it.
3: One hundred percent. I think
1: I can, that's, I that's the biggest lesson here. For I think what we're talking about with homeowners yep. insurance is is just having pro- understanding that you your coverage is a lot. There's a lot to it, right? It's not just like oh, there's just this homeowner policy. Well, no, that consists of all these items within it, right?
3: Yes. That you need yep. to
1: understand and make sure that you have you know proper coverage amounts on. Otherwise, when you do need it, it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so that bargain policy you thought you had. Actually, just kind of kicked your ass, and now you're, you know. Yep. And, and I've, I've
3: had people come into my office who have had bad claims um, and because they weren't covered correctly. The other thing you have to keep in mind is there's something called full replacement cost. You, may, you mentioned that word. Full replacement cost means I have enough money to rebuild your house. Right. There are policies called actual cash value. What that means is the insurance company depreciates your $400,000 asset to a very small number because it's an older house. It hasn't been upgraded. So when you have a total loss, they're not, I mean, mortgage companies don't let us write them. I don't write them for flippers personally, but they're out there and that people aren't going to understand that. They're going to look at the price and look at the coverage and say, okay, I'm good. And if I underinsure it, the insurance companies can go to actual cash value. And you would. And that's very, very dangerous. So we, you know, yeah. it's just sticking to your guns. The insurance companies are getting smarter. They pull in a lot of information. They tell us what the replacement cost is, and then we just make sure we're right. Okay. But I, but I can play with your deductible. And the other thing to push out there is, you want to have as high deductible as you're comfortable with. Okay. Flippers, for example, I go five thousand or ten thousand, depending on what the lender will let me do, because you're never filing a claim unless it burns to the ground, right? Right? Because the contractor, right. sorry, right. Phil. But the contractor probably caused the problem. He's just gonna fix it. You're just gonna pay him extra or whatever. A homeowner, you wanna be at a thousand twenty five hundred. You need to make sure you have that money if you have a claim, because right. you don't you don't file three thousand dollar claims. I'll fight you on that. This is when a tree comes through. Well that that's a,
1: let's let's go there for a second okay. because a lot of people don't understand that. You have help people understand that they have an insurance record, right? Oh, yeah. And so when you file claims, that goes on your record. It's like a driver's record, right? It's like, that is correct. And it's correct. So, it's actually called a clue database is what we're right. Call it. And so the more if you put stupid, small claims on your record, that basically makes you look like you are irresponsible, so to speak, right? High you risk. know, high risk. Yep. Oh, you're hard. Right. So it's not worth it, because then your insurance rate going to get jacked up or your policy is going to get canceled.
3: Yeah. Um.
1: And so you only want to use it when it's Worthwhile to use. You definitely don't want to write, um, file small claims. A lot of people don't know that, um, and yeah. that's not—it's just not as common information. So that's good. Good thing you brought and, that and, up. And,
3: and keep in mind too, in New York State, there's a law. If you call the insurance company, I'll just—you call New York Central, and they all do this. This is not. This is a law in New York State. And you call and ask a question about a claim. Hey, my pipe just broke. You know, I'm just curious if it's covered. They have to file a claim. Wow. Ah. So now you have, I have what are called $0 claims that I see.
2: Yeah. Where wow. they
3: filed a claim by making a phone call, never filed it, never put any money in. And that counts. That's strike one.
1: So what, so what, then the, what they should do is call their insurance
3: agent. 100%. Call us. Call and the you. first thing, first thing I will say, I mean, obviously if someone says, you know, hey, a tree just came through my living room, we know that's a claim. My first call is to a restoration company. I have a, I have my team, so to speak. They're on my phone and I text them. It's not a phone call. It's, hey, I need help. My client needs you out there in an hour. Those guys are awesome. They do what they do. Um, If it's, you know, a a pipe broke in my house, I'm not really sure. I'm like, well, let's turn the water off, make sure they're comfortable. And then let's get an estimate. Because until we have an estimate, it might only be $1,000. I don't know. I'm not a contractor, right? That's up your alley. Phil. And as you know, water it could it could do a lot of damage that you can't see, absolutely. Um so I say, get someone in there. Let's get an idea, and then we decide as a group, hey, do we file this claim? because okay. the way insurance works, you have two claims in three years in a home policy, you're getting dropped every. Okay. Remember
1: that, watch. yeah, two claims yeah. in three years on a homeowner policy you're getting dropped. That's you're not getting
2: dropped say. like any a claim is a negative mark against you, right? in the yep. insurance world, I mean, you make a claim, and now you're the red flags are going off. <laughs>
3: Yeah. And, and we know we put all of our claims into a database, auto and home. We we don't share those. I mean, I'll share it with a client like, hey, are these your claims? Mm-hmm. But that's, that's not publicly available information. So every time you get a new homeowner's policy, new auto files, we're running those reports, to see what kind of, you know, kind of how many claims are out there. Um, gotcha. and, you know, I help, I help some people buying homes because I can run the clue report on their new home. And if there's a claim on it, that claim follows the house and the person. Really? So explain that. I was not it's, aware it's, of that it's it's double jeopardy is what it is. Okay. If you've ever seen that movies, but here's here's yeah. how it works. So if if I'm going to go buy a new house, and I I can do I can run a clue report and see that the the owner had a claim two years ago. Okay. So me as the new home buyer, my rates are going to go up because the house had a claim. Now we can mm-hmm. work with the insurance company to say, okay, let's find out what happened. What did they do to fix it? Like a broken pipe, not that big of a deal. Something bigger, we want to understand how they fix it. We can mitigate that expense, but that claim is going to be on the house. You see a lot with um, foreclosures, with pipes breaking in December because someone forgot to turn the heat on. You see it all the time. So people buying foreclosures, we run clue reports for them and say, hey, there was two broken pipes over the last three years. It's going to be really hard to get you insurance. We can do it, but there might be a lot of damage that was never fixed. Right. I mean, it, again, water's behind the wall. So again, the average homeowner files one claim every seventeen years. That's a national average. Okay. Keep that. So don't money. be
1: filing two in three years. You're just. <laughs>
3: no, you're you're just. I mean, I had a poor gentleman who filed four claims in three years because uh-huh. he just kept calling the company, and uh-huh. his policy went from eight hundred to four thousand dollars a year for two years while those claims cleared up, and then I was able to move them back. And he had to have a, had to have insurance because he has a mortgage. it's horrible so yeah just call call your agent ask a question yeah
1: yeah utilize your agent that's that's what they're there they want to help you you want to help us um you know obviously make the best use of the policies that you're writing for us so let's move on um to a couple other uh, policies here so i mean briefly we can touch on um some flood insurance that's important in the real estate industry um like uh talk to us a little bit about that like the fema maps or whatever and
3: Okay. Um, what The way I work with real estate agents is as they are, usually these are buyer agents. Yeah. Um, they'll find a house. I use private flood insurance. So I have a company that brokers this out and I can literally put an address in. That's all I need. Tell me the address and tell me if it's got a basement. I can tell okay. you the exact flood zone it's in. I can tell you how much above or below that flood zone it is. And I can give you a bindable quote for your client because we do not run credit for flood. We run credit soft hits for all the people freaking out that I'm running hard hits like the lenders. Soft hits on your credit doesn't affect your credit score. But I can give you a bindable quote. So I've worked with realtors where I can, here's your quote, it's $600. They're in an X flood zone. X is good. X is one in 500 years. Mm -hmm. A is an alpha or, or AE alpha echo are high risk, one in 100 years. Yeah.
2: okay?
3: Um, but we can very quickly, and I have a lot of lenders will just text me addresses or whatever and I can tell them. Because especially now with this market, people are finding homes, they're like, oh, this home's great, it's a, I mean, it's a bargain. Well, nothing's free in this world, right? So there's something yeah. wrong and 90% of the time, it's in a high risk flood zone and the flood policy is $7,000 a year. Now, yeah. you can negotiate with the seller, right? So you can say, I've got to pay this, Can you 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 negotiate the price down or however you want to do it, but at least I've given you a number. And the other thing I like to say too, is my opinion at the end of the day doesn't matter. The mortgage company three weeks prior is going to run a CoreLogic flood determination report. They all use the same company. That's what matters. So I might say, hey, it's low risk because it's up on a hill. They're going to tell me it's high risk. It becomes a conversation but 90% of the time I can go, yeah, you're good, or here's the price. I mean, it's expensive, uh, but exactly. flood flood is, ex- we've had four one in 100 year events in the Hudson Valley in the last seven years. So wow. something, something's that's going good. on. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah that's and good it,
2: to know, yeah. Say again? That's good to know.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, the problem is once there's a flooded event, like in Washingtonville,
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah.
3: that was a, a low risk flood zone. They had oh, wow. two flooded events. It takes FEMA about three to five years to update the maps. So it's still in a low-risk flood zone. The lender doesn't require it. we so buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy quick. So we're actually trying to change the conversation. It's a hard conversation to change that, you know, pe- most people should ha- have flood insurance. You know, you can go to the, the FEMA flood program. Um, and I tell people that's great. Um, and sometimes I will write that. I do have the ability to write that, but do you really want to have a claim against the federal government? How long is that going to take? If you think insurance is bad at doing claims, try doing it with FEMA in a ca- catastrophic event.
1: Anything with the government is yeah. bad. It takes yeah, it's,
3: it's what's going to take you years to get it, and, and yeah. they're, the, they're there as a backstop. They're there to protect people and give them loans, and they're good at what they do. They just take a long time. So You had a question about uh, the bundling and stuff, right?
2: Yeah, so I Whenever I work with a buyer client, sometimes they'll ask me, you know, well, I already have my insurance through Geico, my auto insurance. So does it pay to bundle the insurance policy if they're already with a company and they like their rate? Or does it pay to kind of shop around and maybe change and, you know, switch over and bundle with a different company? Like, what are your thoughts on if they're coming to you with an existing auto insurance?
3: If, if, they're with, if their existing auto is with Geico, Geico only writes auto insurance. So there are carriers that just, they'll give you like a 5% discount. They have relationships with large uh, home insurance companies. What you should do, and this applies to State Farm, the captive side, Allstate, the captive side, and independent. I'm an independent broker, so I have 15 different companies I can quote. You want to bundle together because the carrier will give you a 20% discount on your home and a discount on your auto. Now throw an umbrella on top and you get a 5% discount through. We're all pretty consistent about how we do it. The, the trade-off, Heather, is at, at the point you're trying to sell the house, right? you don't want an agent to be messing it up by trying to do the auto. So what we try to do in my office is we talk about, because I want to know their auto from a liability. If they have state minimum and they're buying a house, yeah, they, they could lose their house in a bad auto. Access. So I, I want to have that conversation, bring everything up and put an umbrella. But what I'll say to them is, listen, we can quote it with the bundle. We'll price everything. Let's get the home done, right? Let's keep the realtor and the lender. Let's keep those guys happy. Um, and then we have 30 days after the house closes to do the auto and just move. So that way there's not too many moving parts. So okay. some clients want to do it up front. But you you want to bundle it every single time. Unless for some reason the auto price is phenomenal and the house price, it, it happens maybe – Five percent of the time, where we have people split, right? Yeah, because you're getting discounts because we we see better claims experience when we bundle everything together. That's why we that's why we give the discounts. So definitely, hundred percent bundle at every single time.
2: Yeah. So in that case, I would just tell a buyer, you know, uh, it varies on a case by case basis. You're going to want to talk to your insurance agent, but in most cases, you're going to want to bundle with the same company and you'll get a discount.
3: Exactly, and you get a discount just because you're buying it from the same company, right? And twenty percent—that's a become a big number that yeah, could be that's a couple hundred
2: dollars yeah I and you
3: get and you get discount on your auto too
2: right so. right I had another question too um I kind of looped it in with the last but what what I meant to ask with the loyalty was like I know even Phil and myself every couple of years have switched in um insurance companies shopping around for we, a better we rate. We light our
3: house on fire. And we put, <laughs> no, and we thank um, you. And, and you. And you're on a recorded line. <laughs> exactly.
2: So does it pay to shop around every few years and try to get a better rate? Or does it pay to stay loyal to one company? Because just before we hopped on, I was reading something and it said uh, loyalty pays because you might save on your deductible if you stick with the same company over a number of years. Is that yeah. true?
3: That is true. Um, a lot of that's going away. There, there, there's really two parts to your question. Okay. The, the loyalty side. <clears throat> there's a lot of carriers. If you stay for three to five years, they might they might lower your deductible, charge you the same amount. So that's 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 a good thing, especially in your auto. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to remember, on the other side, as insurance companies, we have an insurance score for everybody. We don't share it. We have an insurance score. So if we see people bouncing, right. And they actually did a study that people that bounced, they did it over like 20 years. People that bounced insurance companies for, for 20 years, they ended up saving about 4% over ah, those 20 so, years. So yeah. and it's the hassle of, it's a lot of changing. Effort. It's yeah. a lot of it, you gotta move your, you gotta pay for it. So I tell people what 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 we do is every year renewals come down to us. And we know how much of an increase it was. So if we see a double digit increase, we go in and figure out why. Maybe you lost a discount. Maybe, whatever may have happened. Um, mm-hmm. But if you if we're seeing six eight percent increase, especially now in New York, that's average. So there's no reason to start shopping it. Okay. Oh, the yeah. other thing the other thing you don't want to do is shop between two independent brokers.
2: Right.
3: Because assuming you give me the same information, I'm getting the same pricing as the other guys. So find a broker you like. I can shop fifteen carriers for you and the carriers now with, we call it a hard market. It means prices are increasing. They're now being selective. So they can, if they love you guys, but don't like me for whatever reason, where I live, my credit, they'll just going to crank my rates up until I leave, but they'll keep you guys there. So they're now being selective into who they're keeping. Okay. And you can do that in a market where you have dramatic price increases. Sure. Awesome. In, um in closing
1: here, I want to give the investors a little... Uh, some couple uh you know, tidbits on, on the insurance for them. So when it comes to, let's talk about home flippers. And um, yep. you know, we'll talk about really, really briefly on a landlord policy and then the policy for flippers, just for the
3: investors out there. Let's help them. Okay. So with a flipper, first question I ask is are you doing any structural work? And all I simply mean is um, load bearing walls or you're playing with the trusses right. in the roof. And most people go, well, I, I'm not sure. My next question is, do you have an engineer and an architect? If you do, you're doing structural. So if you're going that route, we have to go to a true builder's risk policy, which is also used for new home construction. Yes. Same policy, one just has a building, one does it. Um, so most fix and flips um, are not structural. So Correct. then what I'm writing is a vacant under renovation. And you can literally gut it to the studs because you're not changing the physical footprint of that building. Now, okay. I also am a big believer again in liability. I don't write anything under a million. And a lot of them, I send a commercial. Like if someone's brand new, I start out with, okay, here's kind of your training wheel policy, so to speak. Let's we'll get this done. We'll keep, you know, I get you insured. As I start getting a flipper that's doing five, 10 a year, Now we start having conversations around, okay, is it separate LLCs? Is it one LLC? And I'm going to put a big umbrella. And I have a process If you get certain numbers. now we need to do something differently. Um, And, but there's, you know, it's, the problem is, again, it's vacant. It's under renovation. I need to know exactly what you're doing. Right. And, you know, sometimes they don't know. The other thing is, are you doing the work yourself? Or are you using a contractor? Right, you put your sweat equity into it and stuff. Or yep, you, and and tired, and but... we're okay with that. Um, but if you're using a contractor, make sure the contractor's insured, and mm-hmm. make sure your LLC is listed on their policy. Right, same I, reason how sure. GCs and subs work. So yeah, um, on the landlord side, um, you have to. I believe you should in your in your lease should make all your tenants have renters insurance. And there's two reasons for it. Number one, the landlord policy will probably have a million or two million of liability. And if the renters have half a million of liability and something happens in that apartment or near that apartment or at that house, now you have two policies. Now the insurance companies can figure out who's at fault. If the renter doesn't have it, now the big policy at the landlord level takes it and they're not happy. Right. They're like, wait a minute. The other reason you want it is in the landlord policy is called loss of rents. So if you're a landlord, I'm your tenant, a pipe breaks, I have to move out for two months. Your landlord policy will will make you cash flow neutral. They'll pay that rental income, they'll audit your books, but they'll pay it. My policy as a renter will have loss of use. I can go live at a hotel. Guess what just happened? You're now, you're now whole, I'm whole, and I'm coming back to your house to rent it again.
2: Yeah.
3: How, how would that have worked um,
1: during COVID and stuff? Would that would there have been any, um, you know, would that have held uh, like a landlord? Like, because obviously there was lots of problems with COVID and people were not getting paid rent and and whatnot. Would those policies have kicked in and helped? No,
3: them? no. There there has to be a claim. Okay, I it, it's a great question, Phil. It's the same question I was asked by business owners of, "Hey, where's my business income coverage <laughs> that you told me about?" I'm like, uh, we exclude pandemic. Sorry, I mean it yeah. was, it's not a great conversation, but. No, when there's a claim, I'll replace your rent as the landlord. I'll put myself as your tenant into a hotel and I'll replace all my personal stuff. So if you love your, you know, just because you had a pipe break doesn't mean you want to lose your tenant. Yeah. So we now had you bring them back.
1: And, um, somebody drive a vehicle through uh, up, up the front of a building um, yep. and we have to repair. So in a, in a case like that, that's yeah. what you're referring to. That's
3: exactly. Yeah. So if if you can't if you if there's a claim and they have to move out because they're doing the work, um, then both policies work well. And I tell every landlord you you should. And it's a legal question. Right. You have to have it in the lease. And that's an attorney question. That's not a Rob Bowen question. (laughs) But then the the rental policy will list your building, whatever LLC owns it as additional insured. The reason you'd want to do that. Is that if I'm your tenant and I cancel my renters, the insurance company will tell you I cancel. Uh that's, that's definitely a, a big plus for uh, for yeah. landlords. It's, it's so. a big plus, and and you have to check every year, and it's very easy to get. But I I it's a lot of paperwork, and I know a lot of landlords that don't like to do it. But I'm like, you really need this because one lawsuit, yeah, you could be in trouble. <laughs> Rob,
1: just having this conversation with you today has gotten me going. I got to call Rob when we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I guess that's a good um, thing. I'm going to say in closing, oh, Heather, has got one more question yeah. and then I'm going to close yes, this please. out.
2: One more question that I think is really beneficial to realtors is if you're working with a buyer, a lot of times people will ask me, families will ask me when they're purchasing a home, you know, well, what is our insurance going to be? And even though it's not my job and I'm not the insurance agent, it is always helpful to have, you know, well-rounded knowledge. And so I like to be able to give them you know, an approximation of what to expect. Because a lot of times when we sit down and we make an offer, they're saying, well, what are we going to be paying per month? So I calculate their mortgage payment. I calculate, you know, amortized over 30 years, of course. I do their taxes. And I like to include the homeowner's insurance. So my question to you is, for all the other realtors that are curious, what's a good rule of thumb when you're calculating an average um, homeowner's policy for a home? Let's say between 300,000
3: and 500,000? Okay, it, it's a great question. Um, it is geographic specific. So uh, I'll just do a generic, you know, Orange County typical home on an, on an acre, three, let's just say, you know, 3,000 square feet, 2,700 square feet. We're seeing pricing from about 900 to $1,200. Those are for newer homes. You know, if all of a sudden there's a, a home built in the 1900s, that throws a curveball into it um okay. if if they're in more of a city where there's typically more vandalism, that's gonna go up. But as a generic, we'll see in the the eight hundred to twelve to thirteen hundred so you know typically I tell people hundred dollars a month is a fair assessment,
2: okay um and
3: twelve trampolines, a pool. <laughs> Well, exactly. <laughs> thank you. And if, if they have, you know, again, if they have we don't like no, trampolines, no we don't like slides. We don't like pools. We also don't like um uh wood burning stoves. We'll do okay. them. We're not a huge fan of them. So all that's gonna crank up.
1: What about pellet stoves? Uh they don't produce as much like creature in airline. That is that's still considered the same thing.
3: It it's still it's still a solid fuel heating device. Okay. Like like we don't like solid fuel heating devices in vacants. Okay. We're not a huge fan of landlord policies that have those because now your tenant is playing with fire, literally. Um, <laughs> gotcha. We don't like pools, tramp, but you know you can get all that. And what we're starting to do is we're excluding the liability of a pool. Okay. Right? Or we're charging a surcharge. Um, you didn't bring it up, but I will bring it up now if that's okay. Dogs. Yeah. Okay. New York State just passed the law. That as as of June, we're not allowed to discriminate against certain breeds of dogs. We, as insurance carriers, have been doing it for decades. Yeah, we we don't like, and I'm just gonna. I love dogs, so let's start there, so people don't think I'm a dog hater. <laughs> I love dogs. We don't like pit bulls. We don't like German chef. Sh- we don't like that that crowd. Yeah, the dogs
1: that bite that have the, the, the dogs that them. bite.
3: So, but as of as of um, June, we can't discriminate anymore. So what we're doing is we have to either charge for it or we're we're having uh now this is a homeowner's policy Mm -hmm. we're having you know we're we're, we'll exclude dog liability so i don't know where this is going to go right now we're still including it but i think we're going to start excluding it excluding all animals and you have to go out and buy which is not the right thing they were trying to protect the consumer and it's it's not going to work very well okay um but yeah, we're not a huge fan of dogs. We don't like dogs and landlord policies at all. Yeah. For obvious reasons. I mean, it's statistics.
1: At the end of the day, it's about yeah. risk, right? And yeah. the, the stats well, are there to to give you the risk factors. And, and, that's
3: and especially with dogs, because dogs don't bite you and me, Phil. Dogs bite the three year old. Yeah. Because they're at the same level as a dog. And you're yeah. not, you will never, ever in a million years win that lawsuit, no matter what that child did to that dog.
1: Yeah. So, of and, and,
3: they're, and they're nuclear verdicts, because that child now has a permanent disfigurement has a permanent disability. Right. It's yeah. And, and again, I love dogs, but in the insurance world, we're just not a huge fan, but it's going to get easier. I think with this law, but that's, that's where the dogs land. Well, Rob, I just want to say
1: if anybody made insurance sexy, (laughs) it was you today.
3: (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but thank you. I'll
1: take Well, I will say, I think that um, we hit on a lot of different policies. Um, And I think that it was very informative. Um, you know, I, it was a great refreshment for me, and I even learned quite a few things in the conversation with you again today. Um, so, with that, I just want to thank you for coming on, and let's um, let's give people. We'll put it in the comments and stuff like that. But if they want to get a hold of you, just tell them uh, what your company is, maybe a website, uh, you know, where they can you know check you out
3: and reach you. Okay, um, I, I'm I'm actually physically located in the Chester Shoprite Plaza. We, we still have an office despite two years of COVID. Okay. Um, my email is rob at insuranceleadership.com. And my website is insuranceleadership.com. There's quite a bit of information. We are focusing on creating videos for people. Awesome. Um, so we're trying to put education, put stuff out there for people. They can come on, look at the video, ask questions, whatever. So uh, certainly reach out at any time. And our office is 845-610-5700. I'll call me or my team. Anytime we're there to educate. You know, I know you hear that a lot from a lot of insurance people, but yeah. it's not about selling a bunch of policies. It's education and making people comfortable because we're, we're expensive. It is what it is. But when you have a claim, you want to make sure you get there when you have a claim. Yeah.
2: Well, well you, you get what you pay for too.
3: A hundred percent. And, and my job is to educate and we write, we write full loan policies, and then the client can pull stuff away. If they don't want certain coverages, that's fine. But that's their decision, not mine. And where do you, uh, what areas are you licensed and stuff to serve? Uh, Insurance is done by state. So I'm in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Colorado.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, Rob, you've been very informative, and we thank you for that. Um, If you're looking for a great insurance person for your toolbox as a realtor or an investor, definitely consider Rob. He's a great guy. We work together. I wouldn't have him on if I didn't believe in his integrity and his confidence. So I'm going to sign off on that note. I hope everybody out there has a wonderful night. God bless you. And we'll see you on another episode of Rockstar Partnership next week. Take care.
2: Yeah. Thanks, thank you, Rob.
1: Thank
0: you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Estate Rockstar Partnership Podcast. If so, please give us a five-star rating, smash that subscribe button, and share it with others. Remember to visit us at rockstarpartnership.com. Until the next episode, go live like a rock star.